Blog Talk Radio. We are back with you. This is your host, Jackie and Doug Christie, here at Infinite Love Talk Radio on none other than Blog Talk Radio. Yes, yes, babe, our favorite place to be, and everyone, you can join us live by calling now into our show at 347-215-8305 or by going into our chat room right here on our show, and you can chat with us for the entire show. Yes, and we will begin our discussions today with setting priorities. This show is all about debt, everybody. If there is not enough money to make payments on all of your loans, you got to prioritize your debts. And in saying that, you should pay first. This would include your mortgage, your rent, utilities, and secured loans, such as car loans and insurance. Those are very important. Second, priorities may include credit cards and debts, to finance companies if these are unsecured debts. Some examples of third priorities are like your doctor, your dentist, you know, and hospital bills. Family members and friends, they usually are willing to wait the longest. If a creditor is threatening to garnish your wages, for example, get a court order to have your employer pay part of your salary directly to said creditor, whoever that may be. You should pay something on that debt immediately, however. A loan company can repossess your vehicle, for example, whether, you know, whereas a doctor, they cannot. They can't take back the service she or he has already rendered to you. So if there is not enough money to pay both bills, pay the loan company first so you can keep your automobile and then be able to go to your appointments and so on and so forth and work and, and that sort of thing. And then put the doctor's bills on hold just temporarily, but you've got to notify your doctor of your plans and intentions to pay. Yes, babe. I, I would have to say one thing that you said there was uh, friends and family will wait the longest, and I don't know about that. I know all <laughs> friends and family want their money. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about developing a payment plan. If you have more bills than your monthly income can cover, you need to set up a debt payment plan. This will work if you really want to get out of debt now, y'all. You have to first admit that you have financial problems and really want to solve those problems. Getting out of financial trouble, although it is not easy, it is definitely possible. You have to make up your mind that you will pay your debts within a specific length of time, though. That is key. Okay, but what's that length of time, though, honey? Now, that is going to be dictated by the person, pretty much, because uh-huh. you're going to have to look at what you, what you owe compared to what you are getting each week or each month, however it is that you get paid, and then you're going to have to set a time frame and say, okay, I want to pay this bill off by six months, this bill off by two years, and chippy away at it as you keep going, which goes into my next point is you have to be willing to discipline yourself to pay back the money that you owe. Mm-hmm. So it's key 
to get a plan. You need to start right now. Paying back a little is better than doing nothing or just worrying about the problem. Doing this will give you a sense of control or empowerment, I would say, over your bills, and you will understand that that light at the end of the tunnel that you see is not a train. It's actually light, and it can happen. You can actually do this. It will start you on your way to solving your financial problems. Completing a plan will take patience, though. So I just want to give Babe, here's six steps okay. that I, I think might help if you definitely Okay, wait, stick. hold on. Let me get my pencil and paper. Keep okay, it up. I'm ready. Uh, you got some bills I don't know about? <laughs> okay. No, I don't have bills my oh. husband doesn't know about, but I want everybody out there that's listening, and I see the phone lines are lighting up. Get your pen and paper ready because he's got some great tips for you. Okay, number one, find out who you owe and how much you owe them. This is key because you can't pay it back if you don't know how much and you don't know who you owe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but know that debt collectors usually come knocking on your door, so it's not e- it's very easy to find out who they are. <laughs> Number two, decide how much you can pay back and when you can pay it back. Now, this is key, which takes us to the next point, which is number three, and that is setting up for a plan to pay back your debts. If you can set up a plan that is going to say, hey, A, B, and C debt is going to get paid off in this amount of time and you stick to it, believe me, accomplishing those goals are fantastic. Number four, discuss your plan with your creditors or the collection agency or a lawyer if you have been turned over to collections. And understand that collection is not the end of the world. It's just somebody doesn't want to deal with it anymore, so they're handing it over to somebody else. Those people will still talk to you. But, honey, we must admit, though, there is fees if it goes over to collections. So when you pay that bill, don't forget to find out how much the credit fees are for it going to the collection agency. So when you pay it, you pay it off in full. Because one thing they'll do is they'll get the bill payment, and then they'll send it back to you in the mail uncashed and say, this is not the total amount due. Yeah, it might be fifty, a hundred, two hundred and fifty dollars for them taking it and trying to get you to pay it. So that is very key. Make sure you get the total bill payoff with the collection agency's amount also. And number five, control your spending by sticking with your debt payment plan until all debts are repaid. This is key because you're in debt, so you have to make sure that any extra spending, you're you're trying to not do that, and you're staying true to exactly what you have to do to overcome these debts. And number six, occasionally look over your plan to see if you are keeping up with your debts and your daily living expenses. If there is a change in your income, you need to raise or lower your monthly payments accordingly. If you're making a little more money, babe, then you can put a little bit more money on it if you want to do it that way. And so what if you all of a sudden, you know, what would your um, tip be if they lose their job or if their job says, oh, we're, we're cutting some of your hours back? Would you say pay less? Or would you say contact the creditors and say, I'm sorry, but for the next two or three months, I'm going to have to pay you less? That That's what I, I would do. If all of a sudden money got real scarce, maybe you lost your job, you got laid off, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I would contact them. And I think that what, what people need to understand is a lot of the times if you contact the creditors and mm-hmm. if you're the one that's proactive and you go to them and you say, hey, look, uh, I got laid off or whatever, and I need to pay a little bit less, they will be very open to that because they want someone who's being responsible, who knows that they owe them some money, and they're saying, hey, I'm going to still pay you. I just can't pay you like I was when I was making my money at my job. Now I'm laid off, and I need to do it this way. Most of the time they'll say no problem. So that's That's big. 
And, and I would also like to add, when you do call the employer, like my husband said, that's a very, very extremely great point. Make sure you ask for a supervisor or someone in charge because usually either the person on the phone, if they can't patch you through to someone else, they're going to take you serious and they'll make notes. Tell them you want notes made in your account that you called and discussed payment arrangements, even if that's all they put in there. Because when the head people look at that or if you have to call back a month from then and speak to someone, they will have a record that you did call in, like my husband said, and you were being responsible. So that will help as well. And, and they get, get their name, the person that you right. talked to and write it on the bill, definitely. That's right. That's right. And then we'll go into self-help steps for overuse of credit. Talk with your family members about the situation, you guys. All family members must agree, though, to reduce spending until your family is out of this crisis. <laughs> this may mean closing charge accounts and not using the credit cards or just putting them up. Um, contact the creditors and explain the situation. Again, I have to reiterate what my husband said. You've got to contact the creditor, though, so they know you're not just avoiding them. And then they'll put a note in your account, and you won't get a lot of those phone calls that people you hear people talking about, oh, the creditors are beating down my door. Well, if you're getting ignored by someone, you usually have the instinct to try and contact them to resolve whatever the situation is. A plan may be worked out so that obligations are repaid if you talk to your creditor. Do not carry your credit cards with you. If you can, leave them at home. No, no, not if you can. Do leave them at home. <laughs> if you want to use them, you will have to go back home and then return to the store. And if the item you wanted to buy in the first place is a necessity, Keyword. guess what? Then you will have the access to the card, but in that time it takes you to travel back home and back, you may just reconsider, wouldn't you say, honey? Yeah, that that's a big one right there because, you know, the the second guessing when you're <laughs> in the store and your impulse is like, ooh, I really like this sweater right here and I'm going right. to buy it. Then you put it down and go, man, i got to go home and get the credit card. If you get home and you still want it, then you probably really wanted it. But that we're going to talk about that later is needs versus wants. That's right. And then the next one is don't ask for credit limit increases. I have some girlfriends, and when we first started getting credit cards at like 18, 19 years old, they were all so pumped because the stores back then was just, oh, my goodness, they was giving out credit. You want us to raise your limit? We'll raise it, $500. So my friends were all <laughs> so excited because they knew that that meant more shopping. Back in the day, we had a store called J. Jacobs, and they would be able to take their J. Jacobs credit card and go down there, and they would buy anything and everything they could think of. We'd go roller skating. They'd wear their new jeans, and they new boots and they knew tops and I would be in my you know I'd be in clean clothes but it would be my stuff from prior you know shopping that I was able to do because I took my check and went and spent half to shop and half to save in the bank which was only $300 at the time but that was a lot for an 18 year old back in the day living with your parents mm -hmm. so it, they would wonder why didn't I want to go shopping but I had a, a different idea I knew that okay even though you're getting this credit you're still going to have to pay it back in the long run. So I didn't want to even give myself that opportunity because I'm a Leo and I love luxury and I would lose my mind loosening a store with a long credit line. So at that time I knew responsibility meant to stick within what I was able to pay. So don't ask for credit limit increases. Don't use credit for consumable items such as food. For instance, if you go out to restaurants, just try to pay for it if you can. If you just are, you know, out of cash and you happen to go out and eat, that's different. But if you don't pay it off in full each month, try not to use it for consumable items. Be beware of debt consolidation. 
Okay, most consumer finance companies, they'll offer that to you, and this, this, the service charge on that is extremely high, you guys. It is mm. going to be higher than just paying regular interest rates. So just say, no, nah, I'll continue to pay at the rate that I can afford to pay here. If you consolidate it, you're going to pay double the interest, so you lose. Um, if you have more than 15% of your disposable income in debt payments, you should take steps to reduce your credit use. That will let you know if you're in debt. If you have more than 15%, because it should be a ratio of 15%. Disposable income is your net income after taxes and other payroll deductions, meaning Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all that kind of stuff. So that's what your net is. For anyone that don't know, I know everybody probably knows, but you know we got some younger listeners too that may not know. So net is is what you catch in That's the right. net after everybody gets there. <laughs> That's right, honey. That's right. And then the final, we're moving right into debt elimination. And I know that we got a bunch of emails about. Okay, I, I love that you guys are going to talk about it, but I'm really interested in how do I remove this dark cloud over my head? I need to eliminate the situation that I've gotten myself into. Please. And I want to save my credit. So <laughs> I figure we would uh, talk a little bit about that. But at the same time, we want you to understand we're not, like, lecturing. We're giving you our ideas and tips. And please feel free to join in, or you can just keep listening. That's fine, too. And starting off with debt elimination, honey, I would say stop acquiring new debt. Why don't you tell them what that means? I would definitely say this, you know, may seem self-evident, self-evident to a lot of people out there, but the reason your debt is out of control is you keep adding to it. So you have to stop using credit, meaning don't finance anything, uh, put the credit cards away, cut the credit cards up. Obviously, don't close the account because you still have to pay it. And if you close it and you're owing something, I, I believe, babe, that doesn't look good on your credit. No, it actually brings your FICA score. We'll talk about FICA scores a little later on, but just so I can touch on it and you understand what that means, that's your credit score that all of the three top consumer credit reporting agencies use, and that's called your FICA score. It will bring the points down. So when, when we say stop acquiring credit, you can look at it this way. If you can't buy it, you can't have it. But and, but I have to argue with that because there's things I want and I can't buy and Well then guess what? Fantasize? You can't have okay. it. Okay. No, you can't have it. And you just have Alrighty. to you have to what it is is it makes it even more pleasurable when you get it that you save up the money yeah. and then you go purchase it and pay for it. And you know what happens a lot of the time, just like that sweater and then you go home and get the credit card and you come back, you save up that money and then you get ready to go buy it and you look in your hand and you're going, Ooh, $1,500, and you got to hand it to one person, and you're like, no, I really don't want that thing. So definitely you have to stop acquiring credit. Okay, well, then i tell you what, then. I'm going to give you guys, that was my husband's side, and I'm going to tell you, stop acquiring new debt, okay? Don't, don't, don't get no more new debt. And also don't close the accounts because if you close them, if you've had relationships with some of these people for a long time and you continue to pay even if you're paying something on it, they usually won't report it to the credit agency if you're consistently bringing it down. They understand that life is life. We're all human beings, and with the economy being what it is, and, you know, things happen and people lose jobs, this is normal. Nothing's perfect in life. Mm -hmm. And if they're a fair creditor and someone you want to continue to do business with, don't close it, but just let them know. Just put the credit cards up in your drawer and say, I'm not going to use it till this debt is paid off and that was yeah that will help with your credit score and boosting it and also um you know with the monitorium on charging in place shift your attention to paring down your existing debt start by reducing what you pay in interest 
okay? Do some comparison shopping. Check cardweb.com and cnnmoney.com's card search tool for lower rate issuers. You can, you know, sometimes if you have to get some new, say, for instance, you say, okay, this is great what Jackie and Doug is talking about, but I have no means to be able to do this. I have to consolidate. Well, what you might want to do is just apply if you're not fully in debt where they're reporting you to the credit agency and they won't deny you and get another credit card and maybe you don't consolidate it, but you're able to pay their minimum monthly payments with that card. That might be a way to do it as well. That's you know that's from the streets. You know that's that's <laughs> grassroots efforts. That's coming from so people from the hood in Seattle. That's the way we would do it. You borrow from Peter and you pay Paul. Okay, that's let's right. just go on and keep it real. Okay, that's and then right. thirdly, we would jump right on down to you will have to stick with this until all of your debts are paid. To set up a debt payment plan, you can follow these steps. Ready for them, baby? Oh, yeah, I'm ready for you. Now, <laughs> you know what I want to say is this can be tough, and you don't want to make excuses, but you have to understand that you don't need credit cards for a safety net. You don't need credit cards for convenience, and you don't need credit cards for what they call that cash back bonus. That's right. That's you right. don't need that. And I, I think a lot of times people get in, and, and what I was saying about needs versus wants is uh, with everything, how they flash it in your face and it looks glossy and everything looks fantastic and great, you have to understand what is it that you truly, truly need versus mm-hmm. if you look around your house and you see a lot of stuff. And we talked about this last week, talking about mm-hmm. clutter, is what are the things around your house that is something that you really need versus things that you bought just because you wanted it. And you have to really examine that, and that takes some, you know, looking inside yourself to say, hey, I really want to get out of debt, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay true to this plan, and when I get done, I'm going to be a happy person. Very happy person, honey. (laughs) And we would move in to establish an emergency fund. This step will probably take you several months, however, but for some, this is a counterintuitive, okay, People say, well, why save before paying off your debt? Because if you don't save first, you are not going to be able to cope with unexpected expenses. Say, for instance, you're paying your debts off and everything's great, and then all of a sudden an emergency comes up and you don't have any emergency funds set off to the side. Then you're going to have to take that money that you was consistently paying off your creditors and use it for the emergency fund, and then they're going to say, "Uh uh-oh, you didn't keep your word and you didn't continue to pay something on your debt. So that's why you should definitely set up an emergency fund. And, you know, you you want to start with, it says, okay, someone asked me, how much should that be? How much should you save? Ideally, you should save $1,000 to start. And we're not saying you have to all of a sudden have, you know, Take that out of your check. You can you can put $50 aside, $100 aside, whatever you can afford to do. But get up to $100 and put that in a special emergency fund and just put it aside. College students, I would say you can save $500. But definitely the regular household should save at least 1000 right, honey? Now, I, I totally agree with you. I, I just have a question. Is What is an emergency? Is, is beer an emergency? <laughs> <laughs> I would say beer is not an emergency. I would shoes? say that new handbag, no, and shoes is not an emergency. PlayStation 3? Oh, my God, PlayStation 3 for your child. You have to tell your child, look, we can't get PlayStation 2, but we can get regular PlayStation in about six months when we okay, get it. Okay, then, then I, ha- I have what is an emergency then. Okay. If your car dies, that's, that's right. an emergency, or if you break your arm or something, that's obviously an emergency. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Now, I have a way... For, for everybody out there that you can save this money. And How is that? And this is called the 10% rule. When you get a check, and say, we're just using low figures, but if you get a check and it's $100, mm-hmm. 
You take 90 of it, and you pay your bills, and you do whatever. But that 10%, that $10, you put it to the side. It never came in. You put it up, put it away. And every time, if you do that, and you save 10% of your income, mm-hmm. After a while, you're going to look into that little jelly jar or wherever you wow. have it in the mattress, and it's going to add up. And then all of a sudden, you're going to have this emergency fund. But the key is you need to put it someplace where you can't get to it because emergency fund will turn into beer and PlayStation 3 real okay. quick. <laughs> and we don't want that. And I'm going to tell you guys another. That's, that was fabulous what my husband just said, and I'm going to use that. Um, for myself, like out of my allowance he gives me, I'm going to put $10 aside every time. (laughs) I'm not going to buy that latest, you know, fingernail polish in the purple color that I really want. But seriously, you guys, definitely do the 10% rule if you can. And then thirdly, you must implement a debt snowball. And when we say that, we love that. We're big fans of debt snowball. And and that is like you, you can do two different approaches to it. One way is psychologically, and the other one is definitely, you know, physically. And I would say I like doing lists. I'll write down all the debts in one column that we owe, and then I'll write down how we're going to go about what's our plan of eliminating them because being debt-free is is truly the American dream, I think. When you don't owe anybody and you can go sit on a bench or at a park and look at the pretty, you know, view and you can sit at the beach and you don't have to worry because you know my bills are paid and I can pretty much enjoy the day. That feels really good. It only happens once in a while and sometimes you find yourself, okay, I'm debt-free, but now I'm back in debt three months later because now I've accumulated some more. It does take discipline and practice to stay out of debt, and we're all learning. We're all in this together. So if you start the debt snowball, this is what this is how I would say do it. After you stop using credit and after you save an emergency fund, then attack your existing debt. Attack it with vigor, however. That means ex- aggressively. Like they say I am in the media, I'm aggressive. <laughs> Throw whatever you can at it. Many people say to pay your high-interest debts first, but we don't agree. There's no question that this makes the most sense mathematically, but it takes a lot more money, right? And if you got debt that's $1,000, then you got a bill that's only $50, wouldn't it make more sense? I'm going to get debt. Pay it all. I'm going to go, and I'm going to get that $50 bill, the the one that costs $50, and I'm going to pay that one first. And then I can knock that off the list, and my list is getting smaller and smaller. And when you see the progressiveness, when you see yourself achieving this, it helps you. It makes you feel great psychologically. And I would do it this way in this order. Order your debts from the lowest balance to the highest balance. If you don't, if you don't know them already, that means you got to contact the creditors and get them. List them down, and then designate a certain amount of money to pay towards the debts each month. Okay, if the debts total five hundred dollars and there's five debts, all of them at a hundred dollars to make it easy for the, everyone to do the math. Then you, or no, excuse me, they they start at two hundred and they work their way down. Some are twenty, some is you know forty, but it adds up to five hundred. Start with the lowest debts first and pay them off. Pay the minimum payment on all debts, however, except for the one with the lowest balance. Throw every other penny at the debt with the lowest balance. When that debt is gone. Then you need to you don't need to alter how much you're paying, but you need to alter your list. Then take that one off and start over again at the bottom of the list to work your way up. See that that is beautiful right there, and I, I believe they call 
that that whole snowball thing because once you get that thing rolling downhill, it's going to pick <laughs> up momentum and it's going to get going. And it just makes sense that you you get rid of the bill, even though it might be $50, like my wife said. You leave it there because you want to put some money on a different bill. You get rid of it, then you don't even have to worry about it ever again, and hopefully you've learned your lesson. So I would say the snowball uh, theory of paying bills is, is definitely a big one. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about some supplementary solutions. Now, you can do other things to improve your money situation while you're working on those three steps. First, to pay off debt or save money or to accumulate wealth, you must first spend less then you earn. Now this is key. You have to look at what you earn and you have to make sure that you're spending less so you can have that 10% and still be able to pay off your bills at the same time. Second, you have to curb your spending. Relearn frugal habits. And Now this goes to the needs versus wants. Only buy what you need. And if you can do that, you, I'm sure that you already have your clothes and you probably have a nice car. And if you are using public transportation, no problem. I'm sure you got your bus pass paid up or whatever it is. And for three or four months, tell yourself, I'm not going to buy anything extra. I'm not going to do anything extra. Treating yourself maybe to a movie or whatever, instead of going to a movie, maybe you just take a nice walk in the park or whatever you want to do. Needs first wants. Mm-hmm. While, you're, while you work, to spend less. Do what you can to increase your income. Now, this is big. If possible, sell some of the stuff that you bought when you were in debt. Some of that stuff that are wants versus needs, get rid of it. Or you can always get an extra job. But there are a would lot you of... say, honey, and not to interrupt you, would you uh-huh. say selling some of the stuff? How would you do that? Most people are like, well, how do I sell some stuff that I bought and it's already used or, you know, I don't need it anymore and it's, you know... Would you say a yard sale is a good way? I would say a yard sale. I would say eBay eBay is a fantastic way. With the Internet now, you can pretty much sell anything that you want. Uh, Amazon.com, if you have a whole whole bunch of stuff, there are liquidators out there and different people that will come. Obviously, you're probably not going to get retail, but Mm -hmm. if you used it, maybe you got your money's worth out of it, and now it's time to pass it on to somebody else. So that that is big. That's a great point, babe, because uh, eBay, I mean, hey, you just take a picture, you put it up. Now, you do have to monitor the site a little bit, but, hey, if you're on the Internet looking for different ways to make money and stuff, it's not a big problem. You check it out. If someone gives you the right price, boom, there it goes. You send it off to them, and you got some extra income coming in. Finally, I would have to say this is something that we always stress, and that is get some books on debt. That is big. One book is Dave Ramsey's The Total Money Makeover. But there are so, so many out there that you can get a book, sit down, read it. There's all different ways and different little ideas. Some may not work for you, but then some may work for you. You have to pick and take what it is that is going to make your situation the best for you. But the most important thing is that you start now. Do not start tomorrow. Do not start next week. Start tackling your debt now, right this minute. Your older self, that person that you will be in a while, will thank you, believe me. And I must say that, you know, we really enjoy talking to you about debt. You can email us anytime at Jackie and Doug Christie Infinite Love, and that's here. Or you can email us at our MySpace, which is myspace.com 
forward slash Jackie and Doug Infinite Love or at sales at JackieChristie.com, S-A-L-E-S at JackieChristie.com, and we'd be happy to talk more with you about it, answer any of your questions. We want your suggestions as well because we're all humans, and like I said, we all love being debt-free, so let's continue to work towards that. And um, we uh, really, really, really enjoy talking with you every week, and I just want to say, again, you can reach us at by calling 347 215 What's the rest, honey? 8305. And moving right along, we're going to discuss a little bit of hot topics in the news, babe. And number one, we have Michael Jackson and debt and all this is going right into this. Michael Jackson will not lose his beloved Neverland Ranch. Now, see, that's great. That's a a great hot topic going right after, like you said, our debt segment. He probably found someone to consolidate his bill in that way and can pay it back payments. That's wonderful. He's such a great icon in this world, and if we had enough, we would have helped him to do it, too. Oh, that's that's that that big thriller. That's right. You know, that's, that, that's that's big big money. But I'm I'm happy to see that Michael Jackson won't won't lose the ranch because obviously, uh, growing up listening and loving Michael Jackson, we all saw that and saw the different things that Ferris wheels and all the different stuff. I mean, that is oh, yeah. that's something special. And I'm sure I believe when you said it to me that. He not only was going to lose the ranch, but any and everything that was inside, meaning personal belongings and all that also, right? Oh, yes, definitely. And that goes to show again, you guys, how important it is to become at least, if not debt-free, debt-responsible. And that means paying them down and getting that off of your back so we can enjoy this beautiful life we've all been blessed with. Moving into the next one is... Guess what, honey? There's a boy. He's 14 years old, and it was that storm going through the Mideast or Midwest. I forgot which one. But he was sucked into a drain pipe. His friend, can you believe this, had to stand by and watch. And they couldn't find the boy, and I'm not sure if they found him to this point. Uh, I looked for the finalization of the story and can't find it. Dang. Uh, Well, that is that is crazy right there i mean being from seattle and we've had some wicked rainstorms growing up where you know the out in the streets it's a couple feet tall but uh you kind of see those you know you, you got where the the drain goes down and you see those whirlpools and it's but to do it like that to really suck somebody in the rain must i mean it's a flood pretty much then That's right. so uh, our hearts go out to them that is man that is crazy wow. well Number number three, babe, we have the new governor of New York and his wife. Mind you, they have been up front with this, but they both confessed to have have they had an affair. And the guy who was in office first, he had his own problems and all that type of stuff. What was I'm, his problem? Well, I, I'm not really sure, but it, it sounded like it was uh, something a little well, huh? sleazy. But then back to back in New York, it is just kind of crazy. I, I guess you know something's to be said that that you're being upfront and you're saying, hey, before anybody finds out about it, I just want everybody to know this because I am the new guy that's in office. But uh, you know, crazy stuff in in the news, and uh, I I don't even know what to say about that one. Wow. Well, you know, my prayers go out to him because I don't want to see. You know how we are about family and the whole structure of family and how important it is. And I, I assume they have kids as well. And we just really got to teach the new generation how to be a family and be respectful in everything that you do. So hopefully they can get the economy and everything else going great and doing good stuff for New York, and we can put that behind us and you know. 
we, we pray for them to get their whole structure together. But marriage is something you have to take serious. And, you know, these are examples. And, you know, all the talk show hosts, the comedians, are all making fun of New York governor's <laughs> office and saying, oh, all you got to do is go out and have an affair or something, you could be elected. And, that's, that's you know, that's sad, as, you know, the, where society has come to now. No question. That That's not good. New York, uh, I, I wouldn't say that that is, you know, uh, saying anything about New York, but you got to watch who that you're putting in the office, and that goes well, everywhere. Well, you like the, the assistant, right, or the vice governor, however you want to pronounce it, because uh, you know I'm not real well-versed in No, no, but, I mean, it's happening everywhere. I believe the guy in Oregon was the guy in the bathroom and that whole oh. thing, so politics is politics they're doing a lot of different things out there (laughs) well we got a lot of people on the line and you can jump right in i did not mute you so you are live on the air if you want to um say hello that's fine if not you can keep on listening we thank you for joining us here we're along with all the other people that's listening and we have a man honey that went into surgery he Mm -hmm. had cancer of the kidney the doctors took the wrong kidney out. Can you Get out this? of here. They left the cancerous kidney inside of them, took the other one out, dissected it, realized that it wasn't the right kidney. Now, how do you put that back and get, save this man's life? I that, mean, I that's feel so not, bad. It I'm not laughing. wonder about our medical. Yeah, no question. That is that is crazy right there because, I mean, you got two kidneys. They take out the healthy one. They leave in the cancerous one. Now, they sent the the good one. They sliced it open to see the cancer, so it's no longer with us. It's So what I'm hoping is someone, if they haven't already, and, you know, we haven't heard the update yet on the story, everybody, hopefully someone that has an extra kidney can donate it and the man can be saved. Now, I pray for that. Now, this is, this is real, people. You have to understand that when you're going to surgery, you just can't trust that, hey, the doctors, I mean, they're doing lots of surgeries, different things. And I've had surgery before, and no, no joking, I made him put an X on my leg and said, this is the ankle right here that I'm having surgery on. It's the left one. I don't <laughs> want to wake up, and the right one's got a scar on it because I'm not going to be happy, and I made my wife swear, you look it through the window, so you better make sure that they're cutting open the right the right ankle. <laughs> and that that is, that is crazy. I hope that uh, obviously he recovers but the only way from my understanding that he's going to be able to recover is a kidney transplant because yeah. now he only has one and it's cancerous and if he was to the point that he had to have surgery and have it removed it was probably pretty bad wouldn't you yeah, say? yeah i would say and i just i couldn't believe it i was sitting there with my mouth hanging open going ah i can't believe it it's scary now we want everyone to warn everybody when you're going in for surgery have a witness with you and make sure you're clear with the doctor on what he's going to do even if you feel like you're asking the question over and over again Still, make sure you're comfortable with what he's about to perform because or she because you don't want this happening to you. And then we move into something that's really exciting, you guys. The actress Angela Bassett. She was in How Stella Got a Groove Back, and most recently she's starring in Meet the Browns with Rick Fox, my husband's old camaraderie uh, in the NBA. I'm good. And, um, it's by Tyler Perry. She's uh, She just got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I think that's great. What do you think, honey? That's fantastic. You know, when we were in uh, California last time and we went walking down the Hall of Fame, we've seen all of those, the different stars and all the different names on there. So that is that is fantastic, no question. Kudos out to you, Angela Bassett. Fantastic. <laughs> Way to go. And uh, definitely love her acting, and, and I think she might be joining us listening right now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, that's even bigger. No, I'm just playing that. No, that, I think that that is fantastic. I think there are a lot of people that are deserving out there, so the fact that uh, Angela Bassett got it. Hey, hey. Fantastic.
fantastic. And we love talking to you guys about romance. And today we have a quiz for you guys. Uh-oh. But guess what? It is a catch to this quiz. Okay? And I'm going to tell you what that catch is. That catch to this quiz is you have to email us your answers. And if you email us the correct answers, we're going to send you a surprise. We're going to send you Ooh. something in the mail, a gift. But you have to email us the answer. And it doesn't matter how many of you do it, so don't think you have to hurry up and get off the phone and run and go email it. You email it to us, and you have one week to do it in. So we're going to give you until next Friday. These are the four questions. I have one question. <laughs> so there's a time limit on it, but the first person to get them all right wins? No, all of them win. Whoever whoever answers them correct, you will also get a prize. So Ooh. it's it's even juicier, honey. So that uh. was great that you asked, Hex. So now they know they don't, you know. But anyway, here they are. You want to ask them? Oh no, you, you okay. got it. You're rolling now. <laughs> you got to email it to us at our myspace dot com forward slash Jackie J A C K I E and A N D Doug D O U G Infinite Love. Again, that's myspace dot com forward slash Jackie and Doug Infinite Love. And you need to answer these questions. And you could probably type it in. That might help you to remember. When is our wedding anniversary? Okay? When is our, meaning Doug and Jackie's wedding anniversary? February 8th? No. Oh, my bad. That is not it anyway. I'm trying to throw you off. So number two is how long have we been married? Number three is what is our MySpace webpage? Now, that one I just gave you. So if you don't have that answer. I don't know what you're doing. You didn't go to school. <laughs> and four is where are we from? Again, Both of where us. are we from? And when I say where are we from, not where are we from like right now, where were we born at? And, you know, we've lived our whole life. We talk about that quite a bit. And um, answer those four questions and you can win a surprise. Ooh, I'm gonna, can I get in that? No, you can't get in it because you know all the answers. But I I might let you yeah, <laughs> it's that time. That's what I'm talking about. And we are back with the Whizzle. Talk to me, Whizzle. What is happening with you on this beautiful Saturday before Easter Sunday? The Whistle. Is he with us or is he not with us? Whistle's right here. The Whistle is here. Oh, well, <laughs> we just wanted to say... A happy, happy Easter to you ahead of time, Wizzle. And we wanted to know, in the world of sports, what, what's going on with you, man? To talk to us. Well, I'm completely consumed with college basketball right now. I'm, uh, there's been upsets galore, and I'm sure that uh, if you're in the sports as I am, you uh, obviously checked out some of those upsets. Uh, Duke has went down earlier. One of my favorite teams or favorite players, uh, Mr. Beasley, went down with Kansas State earlier today. Oh. So uh, there's going to be a bunch more upsets. But as uh, long as my team holds uh, steadfast, I think I'll be okay. And who is your team, just to reiterate for all the people out there? University of California at Los Angeles. There you go. I'm, I'm riding with you on that one. Now, if you're wrong, then maybe we have to jump ship. But I'm, I'm riding that one. They looked good, I, I would have to say. And uh, I, I'm just really, I'm digging love. He looks like he is, at least college basketball, we don't know about NBA, but, hey, if he can shoot it like that and he can move like that, I think he has a career after uh, college basketball, no doubt. 
And the big thing, D, is the fact that, man, like, when you talk about looking at a guy who possesses all the skills, or, or as me and you talk about all the time, uh, when your toolbox is full, and I'm talking about he's got all size wrenches, metrics, uh, centimeters, you, you name it, every system, he's got screwdrivers, hammers, mallets, everything he needs in this toolbox. And yet, he doesn't look like a basketball player. I can only imagine when they get a hold of him and somebody puts him on a regiment and really, really tries to get what he can uh, uh, out of his body. No no question. I mean, he, he's a big boy. I see him. He, he grabbed his back the other day, but he showed uh, resolve, came back in the game, hit some big shots, and uh, I think he is definitely going to be a monster. Your guy Beasley at Kansas State, it, I, you know, I've seen a lot of signs that the, the kids were holding up as, please, Beasley, don't leave. But <laughs> I, I, what do you think? Is he is he gone or is he going to stay? Well, you know, uh, Doug, we've talked about this a lot, and uh, and this is the kind of decision that that these young kids are being faced with right now. Um, it's a, it's basically an option of weighing finances or or life. And what I mean by life is and finances, uh, for that matter. If you're a top three, top five player like Beasley will be in this coming draft, there's pretty much nothing to hang out for. Now, now, I only say that because the college experience is absolutely wonderful, but you don't, at the same time, you're in college to learn how to make money. There you go. So any opportunity you have to make money and, 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 and that type of money, we're talking about I can go back and get my education. More than likely, the colleges aren't going to move and get up and relocate on you. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a heck of an opportunity for a young man to, to take the steps into manhood. Well, I, I agree with you. I, I think that there's not really a lot for him to to stay for. I, I, I think that the talent that is around him, like uh, you take a Carmelo Anthony, he, he's that same type of player, maybe a little different, but could have led them to the Final Four. But Carmelo, I think, had a little bit better talent around him than Beasley did at Kansas State. And coming back, maybe they get a couple better recruits. They make a little better run. But are they going to win it all? You don't really know the chances of him getting hurt. Hey, he's probably going to be a number one pick. But, you know, that one in five, not a big deal. So I'd have to agree with you, and i say that uh, Kansas State has seen the last of Miss, Mr. Beasley, at least on the basketball court. I'm sure he's going to go back because he seems like a good young man nonetheless. Oh, without a doubt. And, um, and, and, uh to reiterate one of your points as far as uh, getting hurt, it could just be maybe life. Maybe you lose that drive and the same passion for basketball because you've been to the pinnacle. Now, are the spoils of of the labor or or is, uh, of your craft? Is it, has it spoiled you? Has it made you complacent? And those are the kind of things that you have to really evaluate when you're there because if you're hungry and this is your dream like so many of us uh, young kids were uh, back in the day I remember playing in the snow with mittens on and imagine I was Iceman and all this kind of things so I'm sure he did the same things and, and this is the opportunity that you have now I've got a question for you D yes. what do you think about Stern uh, uh, raising the age to 20 years old well you, you know I I don't agree with that because I don't think that age necessarily has, I mean, it does have something to do with it, but it doesn't because I've met some young people who are very mature at a younger age. But what I think he is saying is go get an experience and have a little bit of life experience. But then you look at your Kobe Bryant, you look at your LeBron James, Tracy McGrady, Kevin Garnett. These are people who came into the league at 18 years old, 
17, whatever they were, Andrew Bynum's, and they have done a fabulous job. They have navigated the road of success fairly well with the exception here and there, but everybody goes through that. So I think putting a lay age limit on it is really just trying to put the stamp of I have a little bit of control in this situation more than anything, but I don't necessarily agree with it, Wizzle. And, and to take it a step further, how about if we put together an all-high school team? Wow. Two out of the the two out of uh, out of the four MVP candidates that we have now, people are from high school. So that's yeah, something right. that you gotta kind of keep your eyes open and, and research. Because I believe there's a lot of other kids out here who can probably get into the league and and give it a go too. No question. And you know, speaking of that, I, I wanted to to congratulate LeBron James because in five years, Whistle, he has become the Cavs' all-time leading scorer, and I would say that. He is living up to the billing, and and maybe even more, because he looks like a very hard worker. I mean, you look at his body, he's chiseled, he's thick, he's, you know, in shape, he's not out there breathing hard and all this, although he is playing hard, and it seems that he is getting better, and that's very scary. And, and, I mean, he came, we all watched him come right out of high school, step onto the scene, and he has really lived up to the billing, wouldn't you say? Oh, without a doubt, uh, but he has definitely surpassed all expectations as far as uh, any high school player that I can think of, or in in, in Hall of Famers uh, too, with Moses Malone being in there. And it's no disrespect to Moses, but it's just this guy has a. It looks like he's absorbed uh, everything that he needed to to take his game to the levels where it is. He's a thinker. He's articulate, uh, and I really like the fact he said he wants to be the first billionaire. Uh, uh, NBA player, so um, it's well, like, quote unquote. I'd like to be a global icon. So go ahead, LeBron. Do your thing, baby. Do your thing. Yeah, I would say that he's definitely thinking out of the box. Now, saying that, I, I want to ask you a question that uh, I'm sure is going to get asked pretty soon in the media because a, a lot of people kind of go around about it. But you look at Kobe. And you look at LeBron, and I would have to say that those two are, are the two best in the game right now. Uh, you know, there's arguments, obviously, but we'll go with those two. And, I mean, who who is the best? If you put Kobe on LeBron's team and he had that cast around him, or you put LeBron on Kobe's team, who who would you say is the best in the game right now between those two? Well, you know, the toss-up is, you know, there's growth that's been uh, established with those teams. There's respect that's been earned from players. and um, But without a doubt, I, be- I believe that L.A. has definitely a better supporting cast. And if LeBron was in that cast, um, I think it'd be interesting. I can't necessarily say they'd be better. But I think their team-wise, I think they would have a better team. Uh, Kobe is just now coming to his own in terms of uh, realizing what it takes to get your team to go, and that's trust and, and allowing everybody else to, you know, the spotlight is, is, is only so big, and when you're a star and you can take it whenever you demand it or you're the MC of the show, you got to allow your, your, your co-stars to get a little bit of the light and feel good about themselves. And not only that, they'll work that much harder for the next time that they could uh, possibly get in the light. So, um I really like LeBron. It, it, you know, I like the way I like the way he shares the ball. I I like um, his, his the way he attacks the bucket. And I just think that at this point, if you if comparing Kobe, there is no comparison. He is so much better than Kobe was at this point at, at his age. That um, the only thing just missing is championships. 
Yeah, now that is the the key, and I was hoping that you addressed that point because that is so big, the fact that you can compare LeBron James to any of the high school players that have come into the game and what he has done, and if you compare them at that point, because it's hard to compare a player like Kobe at where he's at now to where LeBron is, and he's only five years in the league. He, his stats, his maturity, his ableness and willingness to deal with the press, take things head on, take losses, uh, is just phenomenal. No one has came along and has been able to tackle the situation with the the grace and obviously uh, the the winning ability, taking his team to the finals. Uh, From my understanding, you know, when he first got to the Cavaliers, he would bring the team in, you know, in his first year they were terrible and whatever, but he would bring the team in and they would all say championship, you know, one, two, three, championship, and everybody kind of looked at him like, man, get out of here. What are you talking about? But, you know, within four years, they are in the finals. That is, it, it's unprecedented. It's unheard of. And that's why I, I would have to agree with you that uh, it, it's hard to compare him, but LeBron James is definitely, definitely holding his own, no question. Yeah, and especially at this point um, in the game and, and, and growing uh, amongst, you know, some of the, the the premier basketball players in the country. And they, they are, I mean, LeBron makes him look like he's on a whole another level. You know, you can take the all-star game uh, uh, exhibitions, if you will, that, that he has put on. And it's not like he's out there forcing anything. It's just a, very, a really natural thing, and and I'm bigger than you. Hey, and and at the same time, not only is he bigger, stronger, faster, jumping higher, but his jump shot, his medium-range game, is you can see that every summer he is working on it because when he comes back, there is a slight improvement. There's a slight percentage improvement, and we won't really even look at numbers because of double teams, triple teams, all these different things. But he is getting open. He is hitting his shots. And I, I just can't say enough, it's a pleasure to watch a young kid grow into a, a mature man and be able to handle the spotlight the way that he the way that he has. So uh, my hat goes off to you, LeBron. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. Now, now, what do you got on no trial for Barry Bonds until 2009, which is fantastic. I mean, we're you know because whatever. But I'm rooting for Barry. I'm rooting for Barry. I'm with so, you. you know, let's just be, you got to know where you stand in it. And, you know, it's kind of weird that with all the, the circumstances surrounding Barry, and it's been probably two, three years, people, um, the Mark McGuire fiasco is, is just, I mean, it's open doors for everything. Roger Clemens is, I mean, it's like they've turned over everything so quick. And it, it kind of leads you to believe what kind of, speculations or, or which that was there in the first place. Because, I mean, if we're talking about, a, I mean, the, the guy sat up there and, and Roger Clemens gave it his best shot and he was basically, uh, you know, he basically uh, viewed guilty by the public. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who have perceptions and maybe their own personal opinion on, on Barry's case, but there doesn't seem to be anything that's sticking right now. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, the messed up thing about that is the fact that he won't have a trial until next year, but it looks like no one is wanting to sign him. Now, now, obviously, it's a possibility for a circus, and I don't really see that. So why do you think no one really maybe wants to sign Barry? Well, I think it could be um, 
a little, what do they call it? Blacklisting? <laughs> would, would anyone say blacklisting? Well, there you go. It could be, uh, you know, a, a double standard in, in, in a lot of different things. Um, you just look at the way that Barry Bonds' records were handled. And, and uh, if the commissioner, they asked the commissioner if he was going to be there, and he was like, I'm not sure. And I mean, we're talking about monumental things in America's sport, quote-unquote. And it's, it's huge that, you know, that they're doing Barry the way they are. And, and I think that a, a, a large part of the fallout right now won't, at least right now, it hasn't enabled him to be in somebody's uh, spring training. So um, I don't see where he would, you know, the circumstances, circumstances surrounding him and his legal, legal cases, I don't think it has anything to do with what type of uh, baseball mind and, and the, the type of type of know, know-how he could give to the people, some some good young people in your clubhouse. And I, I think that would be way more beneficial than, than any type of uh, the media asking him things about a case that's not going to be for a year from now. So, I mean, really, now that you know that the case is a year from now, that kind of tells you that there maybe it's a Negro ball. Hey, look at this. I'm uh, Joe Torre is now with the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I just I, I don't know. I I like Joe Torre, so I'm, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. I, I'm gonna have to pick up a black Dodgers hat, and, and I'm gonna support it. So if you're listening, Dodger fans, because I, I know our Mariners won't dish out the money to sign him, but hey, Joe Torre, sign him. He would. He's gonna help the batting order because no one wants to pitch to him because it's smack and it's out of the park. So L.A. fans, maybe. He lives there, from my understanding, Wizzle. So, I mean, hey, go down, and there you go. Well, I definitely hope somebody gives him a shot. It would be a shame for, you know, a lot of the young kids who are growing up. Like I say, we grew up uh, mittens in the snow playing basketball. There were kids who grew up in the same circumstances uh, with makeshift uh, uh, equipment to play baseball. And, you know, to, to, to watch an icon like Barry Bonds because he is an icon. You know, you think about the adversity and everything he's came through, and he's still there. We're talking about a, you know, a 40, 44 year old man, and he's still, you know, I haven't seen any decline in his game now. Granted, he probably won't get you 40 stolen bases, but there's going to be somebody on your team who will because they'll benefit from Barry being there. So um, I just think it's a shame that baseball is, 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 has put itself in a situation where it can't fix things. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree. Now, now you said how he is going to help the the lineup in the order, and I totally agree with you. If a guy gets on base, now all of a sudden you are not going to be able to walk Barry Bonds the way that you would if he was just up and nobody was on base. You're going to have to throw right. to him, and throwing to him is a, is a shoot in the dark because as big as he is as fast as his bat speed is is incredible and i would say that last year because the year before last you looked at him and in running his gait didn't look right he didn't look healthy last year i thought that he looked uh, as healthy as he has in a couple years and i would go to say that this time off with all this stuff i would say that if he gets on a team he is going to surprise so many people because it looks like he really takes care of his body and, the, the, and there's always the intangibles of having somebody a great talent on your team. We can, uh, everyone can critique, critique uh, Shaquille O'Neal's game the way they will, but the one good thing that Phoenix is going to get from that is the fact that maybe in the playoffs, if now you got to get there first, but in the playoffs, you guys will have the opportunity to be in the penalty. Now, 
Granted, he might not make his free throws from the hack-a-shack rules, but what that does is put a team in the penalty, and you can't sacrifice. There's, you know, there's a yin and yang. There's the good and the bad. And the, 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 the good is I can foul him, and he won't make his free throws. The bad is we're giving that, we're putting ourselves in the, the penalty where they have other good players and where ticky-tack fouls are now instant points with a dead clock. So I think that Barry uh, uh, would bring the same type of thing. We're talking about walks. We're talking about the uh, the opposing pitcher's pitch counts going up. Uh, I mean, it, it, the list goes on just to, as far as the type of impact a superstar can, can make on your club or team. No no question. And I would say that uh, you bringing up Shaq, we, we would call him the big cactus because he can poke you with those long thorns even though he is not moving the way that uh, he has in the past. That is so big, having a superstar on your team, because you got Steve Nash, who's shooting 90%. you got Barbosa, who is in the 80s. And you get into the penalty, and you are going to do some things in the playoffs. So, uh, Wizzle, superstars are big. And you know what? We appreciate you, superstar, for coming back and always joining us and giving us your great insight into the world of sports. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, let me tell you what I'm about to do. I'm about to get to a big pot of chitlins and a red stripe. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Go chitlins. Eat chitlins, everybody. Thank Eat you. Eat chitlins, baby. Enjoy, y'all. Thank you. And we want to thank everybody again um, for you all joining us here at our Infinite Love Talk Radio Show. Um, and until next time, goodbye and be safe, our friends. Peace. Peace, back. Okay, because she's trying to go crazy. Oh, Father.